Hey friends, Kevin Garcia here from A Tiny Revolution. And I want to take a second to invite you to the 2024 Q Christian Fellowship National Conference happening January 11th, the 14th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. This is QCF's 20th conference. And I have been to, I think, I think six of them, six of the 20, and it just keeps getting better and better every year. But what is the conference? The Q Christian Fellowship Conference is an annual gathering where LGBTQ plus Christians, parents and allies alike gather for worship, fellowship, workshops, keynote speakers, and at the same time, making some lifelong friends, reunite with those friends that you haven't seen in a million billion years and have an incredible healing, transformative, hope-filled experience. It's a place where you can really witness the fullness of God's love and affirmation through one another. Um, and this year, some of the keynotes include my best friend in the whole world, Miles Markham, my good Judy, Kathy Baldock, my literally mother, Flamey Grant, Matthias Roberts, my best friend in the whole freaking world, like, and yours truly, Kevin Garcia, that's me. I'm going to be doing a live workshop on What Makes You Bloom, my new book coming out the same week as the conference. And I'm also going to be doing a live podcast of a tiny revolution there where I'm going to be interviewing both Matthias and Miles about uh, queer friendship, among other wonderful things. So go ahead and get to qcfconf.org. That's qcfconf.org. And use the offer code TINYREVOLUTION to save 10% on your conference registration. I can't wait to see you there. Again, go to qcfconf.org today. Use offer code TINYREVOLUTION, all one word, to get 10% off your conference registration. I love you, and I cannot wait to see you this year at the 20th Annual Q Christian Fellowship National Conference in Albuquerque, New Mexico, January 11th to the 14th. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. I love you. Welcome to episode 301. This episode is coming out the week after my birthday. I'm 34 years of age. If you didn't go back and listen to the last episode where I'm kind of introducing a bunch of new things, you need to go back and listen to that. It's kind of like an audio love letter slash church announcements slash a little preview for my next book, which I'm very excited about and I want you to go get. It's called What Makes You Bloom, Cultivating a Practice for Connecting with Your Divine Self. I'm in love with this book. I've been using it as my teaching methodology for the past year, and I'm so excited for everyone to get it in their hands. So you can go to thekevingarcia.com slash bloom to learn more about that. On to my guest today. Today, I've got Charlie Claire Burgess, the creator and author of the book Radical Tarot. When I tell you, Charlie is one of the coolest people I have run into on the internet. Their artistic ability, their queerness, their love for the spiritual and the divine beyond the bullshit of the binary, y'all. You're not ready for this. So let me tell you about Charlie. Charlie, uses pronouns as they and them, is a queer and trans non-binary tarot practitioner, author, illustrator, and deck creator. They are the creator of the Fifth Spirit Tarot deck, which came out in 2020 as an indie project, and then later was picked up by Hay House in 2022. This deck is a beautiful deck, and it includes queer and inclusive images for a world beyond binaries. They are also the creator of the Gay Marseille, a cheeky queer update on the classic Tarot de Marseille. It's gonna be available in 2024. 
Their book, Radical Tarot, is a guide to reading tarot for the personal and our collective liberation. They are currently working on their next book, Queer Devotion, coming out in 2025 with Hay House. And that's going to be an exploration on the queer divine and deities, figures of legend, and many other pathways for LGBTQIA2S plus people to revere themselves as sacred. In this podcast, we talk about radical tarot, we talk about queer spirituality, we talk about escaping evangelicalism, and all the bullshit of gender. Oh, it's so good. That's all I got. Go ahead and get yourself something to drink. Currently, I'm drinking an iced Americano in the middle of winter because I'm what? A homosexual. <laughs> Anyways, we're on to the podcast. This is my conversation with Charlie Claire Burgess. And we're back. Um, I love technology. I love that it works perfectly <laughs> every time. And I'm so glad to be with you. Thanks for hanging out with me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I discovered your work with Fifth Spirit Tarot, like when it was like kickstarting. And I was just like, this is the coolest deck I've ever seen. It's so fun. It's so fucking queer. And then um, when I saw it got picked up by Hay House, I'm just like, yes. And then Radical Tarot was coming. I was just <laughs> like, okay, because the guidebook is great. And I'm just like, more, more of that, please. So um, <laughs> before, I, before I gush more over you, please, how do you introduce yourself to people? Like you go to a party and everyone's cool and chill and not an asshole. <laughs> at this party well i would i would love to go to that party i would say hey i'm charlie charlie claire burgess uh my pronouns are they them i am a queer and trans non-binary tarot reader writer illustrator deck creator human person dog owner <laughs> i don't know could go on but yeah succinctly i think that does it and someone's just like oh do you, you're gonna read my cards right now you're gonna read my <laughs> And then I say, and then I say, if you're going to pay me money, and if I haven't had an alcoholic beverage yet, then yes, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just like, but until then, like my Venmo is, and you can send me two hundred dollars for an on the spot reading. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Upcharge for the uh, spur of the moment. Absolutely. I'm just like, I'm at a party right now, so if you want to inconvenience me, you know, actually, like you know, two hundred dollars would alleviate any inconvenience for me. <laughs> for 20 minutes the only time i like my i made 75 dollars in three minutes when uh doing a good good jack drag performance i'm just like whoa 75 dollars in three minutes my rate has to go up now uh -huh. <laughs> you're like screw tarot i'm just doing drag now <laughs> yeah absolutely um what i've loved about like you know just watching your stuff also like i can't wait to get the gay marseille that's gonna be so fun Tell me about like, where did you, how did you wind up in tarot land? How did you find your way into to working with the cards? Oh man. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a whole journey, but um, I uh, started reading the first time as a teenager. Um, I grew up in Alabama Oof, in, in the Christian church um, and uh, was you know, always queer, didn't mm -hmm. have the right words to describe exactly uh, how I was queer at the time. But I knew that I did not belong in like the the spiritual spaces that were like given to me at the time, mm -hmm. you know, and I started looking around for something else to believe in, like uh, alternatives to 
Christianity or to organized religion. Mm -hmm. And so like I secretly started looking into like Wicca and stuff like that. I feel like all of us like secret queers on some way have like, we like when in our teenagers, we're all dipping our toes secretly into the internet of like, what is, you know, what, what else is out there? Yeah. Like it can't possibly be just this. Also, they don't even like me here. Exactly. Exactly. And um, I think that one of the reasons that a lot of queer folks end up in spaces like witchcraft or um, tarot or just alternative spiritualities in general is because, especially with like Wicca, witchcraft, tarot, those kind of things, Mm -hmm. there's spaces where being an outsider makes you powerful you know, like yes. where where that otherness, that that stance of like I'm I'm intentionally standing outside of the norm and of the status quo, actually gives you power, mm-hmm. makes you magical, you know. Yes. <laughs> and so I think that's why a lot of us gravitate to those spaces. So yeah, that's when I started first reading tarot secretly in mm-hmm. my bedroom at nights, um, but uh, ended up leaving it and throwing my tarot deck and like all my witchy books in a dumpster behind the mall because it just like I don't know I didn't have any community at the time mm-hmm. you know this was like uh 2003 so Dang. there wasn't like the internet wasn't what it was mm-hmm. what it is now we didn't have like we had like AOL uh but we didn't have right. um Instagram not even Facebook yet like there yeah, there weren't out, ways like... to congregate yeah, that didn't come out to like what two two thousand eight ish, and then then it was like only like mostly college students at the time. Yes, yes, I was in the first uh, wave of uh, Facebook where it was only college students, and Ooh. so I like joined using like my college email and stuff. Yeah, um, and MySpace oh and my all God, that. But yeah. even that, like my, MySpace, was after I was in high school, and I anyway I couldn't I didn't have any community. I didn't have anybody to share it with anybody to talk about it with i was scared to even like tell my friends mm-hmm. what i was doing because it was so taboo <laughs> yeah it's weird people like even like it's just like oh especially in the south is like oh that's different <laughs> i mean it's like the devil's work is what mm-hmm. it is 100. you know or that's that's what they would have said like, I, have um, a friend, I have a couple gay friends of mine and like we're all like super radically queer and like but it was just like when you're from the South and you have the images, I'm like, yo, you guys go and watch horror films about like, you know, the exorcism and shit like that. But me reading tarot is a bridge too far. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. and y'all don't even go to church, but what do I know? What do I know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, but, and then on the other side of that, if I, if my friends wouldn't have like condemned it for being the devil's work, my other friends who were like the atheists would have, you know, thought that I was an idiot and Mm -hmm. was foolish. And so uh, it it just got, it got too hard. Like it got too hard trying to like carry that on by myself. I've, I would pull scary cards and like freak myself out, Mm. (laughs) you know, Yeah, which were at the time accurately reflecting the state of my life, which was like not great, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I didn't know what to do with it. And anyway, so I, I tossed it all out and then committed to just, uh, to, to not believing in anything basically to being an atheist, to trying to also like assimilate myself into the straight world. So I'll get you every time. Yep. Um, I just kind of went like, oh, well, being queer is too hard. I, you know, 
I, I would never quote unquote, never be able to like actually like date a woman, you know, like that would, that would be too difficult. And so just assimilated myself and lived as a, a cishet woman for the next decade of my life. And it was, it was horrible. That was like the darkest part of my life. Um, no doubt. A lot of good things happened during those years, of course. And I had great friends and stuff, but like I was miserable mm. and uh, ended up uh, in an abusive marriage. Um, and it was tarot that came back into my life and got me out of that. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, it was a tarot reading that a friend gave me after a renaissance fair. And it was the first, uh, well, that's not true. It wasn't the first tarot reading I'd had since I left tarot, but it was the one that like shook the, shook the screws loose mm -hmm. so that I could look at my life, look at myself and go, wow, I am like deeply unhappy. Mm -hmm. I need to get a divorce. I need to change some things. And the very next day I went and bought uh, my second pack of tarot cards and started reading. And here I am. <laughs> here you are, years later, yeah. out here, a big old queerdo. Yep, yep. Writing yep. and slinging and, cards. And then, and tarot was part of that journey too. Tarot was part of me like rediscovering and unearthing my queerness, my gender identity tarot was like my companion along that path because it you know it helps us look at ourselves mm -hmm. especially in like perspective through perspectives and in ways that we wouldn't necessarily otherwise do and i mean i think that that's what these cards are best at is introducing us to ourselves and i don't think that you can like use tarot and not kind of totally change your life <laughs> because yeah, of just like how it faces you with yourself you know yeah and it's either like you know you eat it's like it really like sh sh holds up the mirror to say like hey like this is what's going on right now would you like to deal with it and, does, and, and it's not in a judgmental way like i mean sometimes the cards feel like they're like cussing me out and like saying girl <laughs> at least for me like sometimes i'll read i'll have different decks i'm just like this one is the big sister who is just like listen here bitch and then there's <laughs> ones who are a little bit more hi girl you okay you doing all right yeah yeah definitely definitely but that, that was like when i uh when i first came out i mean like i was the same way like i was always drawn to the cards and drawn to like the esoteric and also to things that were off limits to me yeah and when I uh, got my first deck, I was like, okay, so how can I, you know, Googled how to do a reading and, you know, did a reading for myself. And like one of the first cards I pulled was the devil reversed. And I was at first like, <gasps> and then I realized like, oh, this is about spiritual awakening. And also the part of me that accuses all the other parts of me and also the things I do that aren't necessarily helpful to me. And it was just like, mm -hmm. oh, this isn't like the supernatural, like anthropomorphized entity coming after me is like no this is it's me it's just it's always me and it's like oh and that it just blew things open for me made god yeah, a lot more yeah. as funny enough you know a lot more of a relation i was able to have a relationship with the divine finally mm -hmm. rather than being in fear of it yeah yeah absolutely Absolutely. And I wish I had, I wish I had resources like that when I was in high school. I mean, when I made fifth spirit tarot 
I want to wrote radical tarot. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the things that I wished that I have, I, I had back, back then. Mm-hmm. Um, because what I was using at the time then was just like the little white book that came with like the writer weight deck, mm-hmm. which has like the worst card descriptions. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, there's, there's going to be money. There's a liar in your midst. You're going to be betrayed. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, when I pulled the devil back in high school, I remember actually pulling that card in my room and then like looking over my shoulder, like expecting like the devil to pop out of the closet or something like that's how even though like i i knew that i was like i don't believe in these things that the church has taught me i don't believe in like a hell and like a all that i didn't either but then like eventually like they really instill like the scary spiritual warfare shit in everybody and so it's like you know i thought i was an, an impeccably sane person until i like became a missionary and then all of a sudden i'm seeing demons in the darkness like turns out you just have an anxiety disorder kevin (laughs) (laughs) but it really is like you know it what tarot allowed me to do like kind of like what you said is like it reflected back to me like the state of what was going on in my my mind and in my in my heart and body and then it allowed me also to say like you know to question like the validity of those thoughts which were coloring my entire experience and that that, i think was just i mean couldn't say enough about i'm just like and the more i looked at like each of these suits and each of the, like, as like the major arcana progresses, like it's really showing every single person a a life path, a way to actually like, you know, make the decisions and like, you know, like analyze what's really going on and get to clarity. And like, and you know, this obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's the whole story that the major arcana tells, Mm -hmm. you know, so for, for the listeners who are unfamiliar, those are the cards that, uh, the most iconic ones that you like see in the movie Mm -hmm. is with like the guy hanging upside down and stuff or the devil. They're often called like the fool's journey, um, the journey to quote unquote enlightenment. Um, and it does show like a narrative there. Uh, traditionally that narrative has been framed in this, sort of like enlightenment way or this like transcending way or like gaining spiritual wholeness Mm -hmm. unity with the divine and that's one way of looking at it but we can also look at it as a journey to uh transcending binaries boxes Mm -hmm. um uh categories (laughs) reading like reading like through fifth spirit tarot the first time i was like like mm-hmm. that's really that was like mind blowing for me to get yeah. like to to recognize and was like oh like I don't have to view like these characters or these archetypes in terms of like classic masculine classic feminine but to see like they're all trying to tramp like they're you know they're trying to dissolve a ba- a boundary that doesn't even exist anyways precisely. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. It shows us these categories or these roles, I think, for the purpose of uh, confronting us with them so that we can deconstruct them, so that mm. we can dissolve them, so that we can see the, the borders, the boundaries are always, uh, have always been illusions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Question for you. Like, I know it's like, I, like, I'm a big believer in like, you know, cultivating tarot as a personal spiritual practice because like i just believe like those are going to be the most meaningful things 
And then there's some of those, yeah, I'll read for anyone. I'm a tarot reader. Like my whole personality is reading for other people. No offense to people out there who are making their money slinging cards because listen, if you're a good one, you're a good one. But at least for you, like when you're te like teaching people, like where do you tell them to start in their journey towards mm. getting to know the like this system? Yeah. I mean, I when I teach tarot, I usually when I'm teaching it, I'm teaching it in like a, a queer way. I'm teaching like a queering the tarot cl class or like a tarot beyond binaries class or something like that. And so I'm already starting from a place that's basically like throw out the rule book, you know, like, <laughs> yes. throw out the little white book, question everything. You know, it doesn't have to, none of these definitions have to be the definitions for these cards. They can mean whatever they mean to you. And I do think that it's helpful to get like a, a to know the traditional things, to know the mm -hmm. history, to know where these cards came from, to know the um, symbolism and the references the illusions in the cards mm. in the card art especially right. but i think the best way to start learning is just by starting to pull cards so when i was uh relearning how to read uh as an adult i would pull a weekly spread uh because daily for me was like too much at the time and right. it still is i don't pull cards daily i go through phases where i do mm -hmm. um where i need like more support but i've never been able to do that as just like a actual daily mm -hmm. ongoing practice so instead i'll do like a weekly spread and the spread i use is usually four cards of card four the overall outlook a blessing in the week a challenge in the week and advice for navigating the week and so i would pull that spread at the beginning of the week journal about it and then at the end of the week return to that spread return to what i had written uh, and return to those cards and then see how it unfolded in my week you know, so mm -hmm. I was kind of like almost reverse engineering uh, how those cards showed up in my life, like actually showed up in my life. So that's how I like started seeing the five of swords, for instance, as the shitty fights that mm -hmm. you can't win card, <laughs> because yeah. whenever that card would show up and I was going through a divorce at the time, whenever that card would show up, there would be some invitation from my soon to be ex-husband uh to oh, no. engage in just some just like sh stupid shitty shittiness that was never gonna like serve either of us and so that card would show up and i'd be like no like, like <laughs> not today satan pass <laughs> yeah so just pulling the cards and seeing how they show up for you mm -hmm. uh and writing it down journaling about it or like however you uh process yeah uh do that and then also, like, in the same way that, like, I don't know, I, I was the kind of, like, evangelical and, like, Pentecostal Christian who's like, I'm just going to pray about everything and I'm only going to do what God tells me to do. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's dangerous because who knows what that voice in your head, who that is? You haven't verified that. <laughs> and so, mm -hmm. like, in the same way, I, I always caution people against, like, don't, if you ever feel a pull towards absolutism in any direction, yeah. uh, don't go in that direction then i'm just like you yes. know but the card said this and so i got it's like you like beloved the bible says test the spirits you know test what's going <laughs> on like against like what your heart is telling you you know what your mm -hmm. body is saying to you because like mm -hmm. 
I can't remember the Sanskrit right now, but there's a yogic saying of just like, as your mind is, so goes the world. And I think it's also like the same sometimes mm-hmm. with the cards. It's like, if you're already in a place where you're thinking shitty thoughts about yourself, like your interpretations of the cards about yourself might be harsher than you intend or harsher than, yeah. you know, than spirit intends, whatever language you want to put on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that is a, an excellent point. And I think that that's one of the ways that tarot is so instructive mm-hmm. is because it kind of like externalizes our own thoughts and our own paradigms um, so that we can like look at them and go and, and maybe like understand why, why am I jumping to this conclusion? Why am I so afraid of this mm-hmm. one card? How does this card make me feel? Is what I'm feeling fear or is what I'm feeling intuition or you know it it helps start to parse those things out and one of the things that gets a word that gets thrown around a ton Mm -hmm. in tarot land as i'm sure you know is intuition yeah um and i think that that's something that's really really misunderstood because people think that like intuition is just whatever sort of like first feeling you get whatever idea jumps into your head or like whatever like gut feeling you have when in fact that's often like what you're talking about, it's often like uh, either fear-based thinking or like um, uh, something, some shit that you're putting on yourself that isn't true, mm-hmm. negative, like feedback loops, yeah. anxiety, as somebody with uh, anxiety disorder, like Living that <laughs> it, it's, it's hard to start to distinguish between that, like between the like anxiety uh, and whatever intuition actually is mm-hmm. and i think that um and working with tarot helps us start to figure that out right um and i think that this is actually something that uh comes from dialectical behavioral therapy the yes. concept of wise mind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes which is the sort of overlap between your like intellectual like thinking rationalizing mind and your emotions and so it's like actually both of those. Like I'm doing like a Venn diagram with my hands. I like that. that. I'm the just listener like, can't see. <laughs> well, maybe they can. Like, but, like I'll get that a uh, little square shot of you. <laughs> yes, this Venn Venn diagram. <laughs> so it's the it's the overlap between the rational mind and like the emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, we think that intuition is like only emotion sometimes, and that's not true. It's like it's a little bit of both, but it's that central space. That's where wisdom is, and that's mm-hmm. where intuition is. Yeah, it's where the intelligence and the emotions inform one another. Ooh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, like <laughs> I'm I'm about to pull that out in the class too. I'm just like, you guys, it's, it's not this. It's not this. It's yes, it's this. We're going we're gonna to make this like the new heart hand thing. Yes, you like, know? integrate, it's... integrate yourself, y'all. <laughs> I, um, I also think I used to be such like a, I don't know. I was, when I was a youth pastor, like my kids were telling me about the word selfie and I said it was never going to happen. And then people started doing this. And I'm like, that's never going to happen. And then people started doing this. They do this now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even make my fingers do that. Yeah, it looks... <laughs> they're doing gang signs and i was told don't throw gang signs up in pictures that's what we were taught <laughs> in our school yearbook mm-hmm. what i liked about radical tarot i want to go to my favorite which is um temperance 
I loved how you were giving for each one different names, like alternative names for each one. And I love Temperance A. It's my birthday card. It's like 14. Yeah. But it says synthesis and healer. And it's like domains, healing, patience, synthesis, fluidity, wise mind, LOL, mm -hmm. rebirth, com combination, moderation. I, where did you put it? Ah, and this is also like, I've been uh, writing a lot about the fruit of the spirit recently in the vote. It's technically the last one on the list, but I put it first, is self-control. And so this is from page 116. The word temperance may seem like an unlikely moniker for a card about the category-defying fluidity of existence. But as ever, there is more than one way to understand a word. Temperance comes from the, wor the Latin word temperantia, self-control, moderation, restraint, which is in turn derived into the verb temperare, to exercise, da 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 da, da. Temperance is all about mixing the combining, the synthesis of supposed opposites into harmony, exchange, and flow. It is connected to the process of tempering. And what it got me so excited because there's so... It's a very... Uh, the reason I, I wanted to touch on this is like specifically being non-binary folks. We love... Like, like I love... I love like... To blend, the blending, the tempering of the two, where it's not this or that, it is a new thing. And temperance, I think, just as like a process and as a card, is like trying to tell you, I'm just like, you're still in process. You're still like, you're in the process of creating and or it's time to embody this third, this, what is it? A secret third thing. You know what I'm mm -hmm, talking about? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, I, I do, yes. I'd love for you like just like to talk about about that, that for you, like, you know, what, what has this process of a, like sitting with all this stuff and then coming into your own queerness, has it been like a tempering process for you of just yeah learning to make yourself into somebody new? Yeah, absolutely. It has. And, you know, I think that one of the lessons of temperance is, is that mixing is that synthesis, but also that like, it's, it's always moving. It's, you know, it's, it's living water. It's not stagnant. Come on now. <laughs> Talk to the girls. They're here. And so even like we never arrive at a place where we're done. And I, I mean that in, in terms of gender, in terms of spirituality, in terms of personal growth, identity. Like mm -hmm. I don't think that we ever truly like land in a place where we're like, oh, this is it. This is who I am now and ever shall be. Like it is, it is always changing. And that's one of the things that has been most profound, I think, in my own gender journey, queer journey, and also journey with tarot. And that's one of the things that we see in temperance is that it's like that the water in that card is moving between two cups in a, usually in a gravity defying way, depending on the card art. And it's not like trapped in a vessel. Like that's the whole right. point right. is that it's, <laughs> it's moving. It's, it's bridging. It's um, not neither in one cup nor the other cup, uh, nor not in the cups. Like it's, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like trying to, oh, what, I'm, I'm book listening to uh, Ram Dass's book, Paths to God. And he is talking about how, like, even at the edge of science, like, you know, if you ask a, a, a real scientist about an electron and it says, is it moving? It's like, no. Is it still? Well, no. Is it in two places at once? It's like, well, no. Yeah. 
is it in the cup? Is it moving? Is it outside of the cup? Uh, yes. And also no. Like being able to say like yeah, at the yeah. edge of <laughs> yes, exactly. that create that leading edge, that's who you are. That's where creation happens. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and then in, mm-hmm. in the whole story of the major arcana and, and the tarot as a whole, we see that as well. Cause you get to the end, you get to the mm-hmm. world card, which is the last card and the major arcana. And we think, Oh, we've arrived. This is the end of the journey, but it's not, it goes right back around to the fool, the, the zero, the reef on the world card is the zero of the fool. Um, yes. <laughs> it's completion. It's, you know, it's a, it's the closed circle, but it's also yeah. an open portal at the same time. So, yeah. I always think of it as like, it's the womb. She like, she's out, like she's out here. She's accomplished mm-hmm. everything. Like, I always tell people, I'm just like, the world is out here, like, like free your tits, like just get out there and, and, and enjoy it. And also just like recognize that like within you, the next thing is about to be birthed, you know, like, you know, the, mm-hmm. I always think about the Empress at the very top of the journey. She's typically with child. And I'm like, you often forget, I'm like constant process. Oh, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, even even endings, even when things are ending, they're they're also making room for yeah. whatever is next I'll... to to come in to be birthed. Yeah, what I what I've also loved about, I think, like you know, pre Christian tradition, pagan tradition, whatever you want to call it, um, or post Christian tradition is like being able to really tap into the divine feminine and recognize that it's not necessarily just meaning someone who has a vagina um or is able to give birth or anything like that but that like i think like i was always like curious i'm just like you know where do i find especially coming from evangelicalism i only knew god the father it's like where do i find myself in relation to the mother and it is either in the womb you know pure potential writing to be birthed and also child in the arms at any age and also just recognizing that like, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's some, especially like I was, you know, thinking through this, like the, the card death um, uh, that you have in here where you have like, you know, a little maiden mother crone moment happening. I always, I loved that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is also generational, right? Like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You're, these are, it's such a brilliant deck and it's such a brilliant book. And I'm just, <laughs> I want more people to be able to like use like to find yeah. these kinds of tools because it helps us heal the trauma that so many of us have from American Christianity and evangelical Christianity. Like that's what like yeah. Mm-hmm. I I just uh I just wanted to say on on the heels of, you know, what you were saying about uh the divine feminine and like the patriarchal god that we were both raised up in and in healing our religious trauma mm-hmm. interestingly and speaking of like how we're always on like the the cutting edge of of change i used to and i still do like i i personally try not to use mm-hmm. terms divine masculine and divine feminine because i find right. that they often just like reinforce gender norms and so i'm interested in like nice. breaking those out of those boxes and if we all have 
you know, if we all have the feminine and masculine in us all, then why are we using feminine Hello. and masculine to talk yes. about them? <laughs> you know, but that being said, just a year ago, I was unable to work with like very feminine coded entities, mm-hmm. deities, spirits, you know, in my, in my own spiritual practice, I just like couldn't even go there. Mm-hmm. And then I had top surgery and s- at, since that happened, I have suddenly been able to mm. work with feminine deities, feminine, you know, quote unquote, feminine energies in a way yeah. I was never able to do so before. I was never able to access that before. Cause I was always so busy trying to like run away from it different like differentiate myself Mm -hmm. from it go that's not me because that's the box that I was put into for my whole life that I wasn't able to see what magic Mm. and healing and goodness is also there until I was like away from it does that make sense and so I've I've found myself kind of coming back full circle and i've I've actually like started like a devotional practice with (laughs) mary (laughs) it happens it happens to the best of us which which is even no i'm I'm there with you (laughs) as like uh, (laughs) as like as like a a, like Mm. our lady of outcasts our lady of of the margins i've started like a practice where i i pray a queered version of the rosary Mm -hmm. um which has been especially uh, radical for me yeah send me that please because i would love yeah it's been especially radical for me because it's a it's a tool of christianity which i for a very long time was like you know can't do it no, won't do it don't absolutely to. not yeah and and it's also a sacrilege because yeah. i'm like <laughs> i'm making it queer and so it's just it's been it's been incredible it's yeah. been incredible but yeah it's it's like this full circle you know i went mm-hmm. as far away as i possibly could from all that and then came back to it but in like a different way mm-hmm. and i can feel like the circle moving on again mm-hmm. and Everywhere. Or the spiral, mm-hmm. rather. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think it's very funny you say that because I am oddly enough in my devotional era to Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah. I. It's it's because it's like for a long time it was like Jesus is my savior of good, the blood of the lamb and dirt, like and then as I progressed in my faith I'm just like. I was. I wanted again nothing to do with the church, and I wanted nothing to do with Christianity. And I was like, I'm a witch now. I, this is what I do. I only do witchcraft things. And I'm, now I'm a yogi, and I only do yogi things. And we don't. And the more <laughs> I do, like it just kept. You know, I got baptized at age nine. It's in my bones, and it was also deeply meaningful, meaningful for me for a long time. And so, like in the past, like few months, as I've been allowing myself to, I was like, what does a devotional practice outside? of the institutional church look like. And it's been it, like, he's very queer. Like Jesus is on the altar, but you know, right next to like Krishna and uh, Bhagwan Nityananda, who is the head of my, you know, the headwaters of my lineage and right next to Mary. And then a huge ass icon of Mary Magdalene. But like, yes. you know, so when I pray, like, you know, I, I take this and I'm, I'm praying Om Namah Shivaya, which is, uh, greetings or salutations or i surrender to the universe or to love and concentrating on the heart of christ 
Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, like this weekend when I was at theology beer camp, I was asked to preside over the communion table. And I'm standing there and I told mm-hmm. everyone, I'm just like, I want to let you know that I don't call myself a Christian. I'm just like, and yet my proximity, like I have this, like, what, what, what do you want to do with that? Would you like to call me uh-huh. unholy? Would you like to reject me? If so, it's fine uh-huh. if you do, because I don't care. <laughs> because I'm a lot, like, I know who I'm with. I know who I love and who loves me. And it's like the same thing with all these things. It's like, gatekeep how? <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does make sense. It does absolutely make sense. And, you know, I've I've gotten very interested in, um, like, uh, the some of the mystical traditions mm-hmm. in Christianity. Um, also the, the heretics, mm-hmm. uh, the, like the, the Googleomites, the Waldenses, the Cathars, mm-hmm. uh, in the high priestess chapter of Radical Tarot, um, I, I write about Christian heretics and the kinds of societies that they were trying to build, which were incredibly radical mm-hmm. societies, yes. um, often ones that were based around communal living, rejecting private property, rejecting the rule of, of kings and nobles and the Pope and uh, centering free love often, mm-hmm. uh, living side by side with people of other, uh, other faiths. And they were, they were freaking radical and then had to be burned mm-hmm. <laughs> for heresy, you know, had to be eradicated because they were a threat mm-hmm. to the the state to, to the, the holy roman secular Catholic and religious authority empire yes like yes yes and it's like we're gonna burn you in the name of jesus it's like, <laughs> and like yeah and it's very interesting yeah. because it's like i think at least like a very like you know like queer way of looking at christianity and also is is to recognize like we're always saying oh the sacrifice of christ it's like like he did this for us i'm just like Nah, bro. Like he was, he was killed by the state, and um, yeah. to recognize that, just like love and sacrifice are actually two separate things, you know, mm. and that, you know, like you don't have to like put yourself through hell. You don't have to suffer in order to make yourself worthy. I think that's another yeah. thing that queerness like really shows me, at least, is that like we've been conditioned to be willing to suffer for too long to make ourselves worthy of love. And I think what true spirituality shows us is worthiness is not even a category in the mind of the divine. Mm -hmm. Like it just like Mm -hmm. love is pouring towards us. And yeah. And really it was the heretics, it's the heretics who knew it. It's all, it's all. And and I think on this, all of us queer kids out here, I think we're all by their standards, heretics to say that I am loved. Oh, totally. That I'm worthy. You know, yeah, 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 and 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 one of and yet so many queer people, and I did this to myself too. I felt like I wasn't queer enough mm. because I hadn't been punished enough. Oh, and I was on. plenty, and I was plenty punished, but like I was never, you know, um, I didn't have it as bad as hate crimes or something. Like I, don't, yeah, like I, I undeniably was punished for. It. I punished myself for it for over a decade when I was trying to live as somebody who I wasn't. Mm. Um, and then, you know, when, when I was realizing, okay, yes, I am, I am queer. I am non-binary. I am 
pansexual I am like all these things I'm trans um I didn't feel like I could earn I didn't feel like I'd earned those words because I hadn't been like discriminated against enough or something like I hadn't (laughs) that I felt like I needed to bleed more for it and that's not true you know and I but I know that so many of us struggle with that like we are who we are we don't have to earn it we don't have to like earn like the queer badge by you know crying blood or something yeah we don't have to demonstrate we just are not having to demonstrate like our suffering for other people is like see 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 like i've like me too like they hurt it's like i guess i know and and like i am like something that i focus a lot on in my own personal practice is like is pleasure and joy Mm -hmm. and finding those things that are really making me blossom and come alive and i think that's what a lot of people is like we've been and again, like depending on where you are, depending on the level of suffering that you're dealing with, like or like you know, you're depending on which intersection of marginalized identity you live at, it can be really, really tough to find joy. And for you, like where are you, where are you finding joy today in these in these quote unquote unprecedented times? <laughs> you know, um, that's a good question. I definitely am finding joy. I mean, I'm finding joy with 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 friends, with my partner, with my dog, you know, I, uh, went to a Buffy the Vampire Slayer party last night. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) You know, the ability, the the ability to do things like that, do like have frivolous fun at the same time as witnessing horrors being perpetrated in real time, uh, live on social media is, I think it's a skill that we get, we can get better at, mm. right? Like I, I think that people, because I've done this myself, can get so it, it's that it's that binary thinking again, where it's like either all of this or all of this. It's one cup or the other cup. Mm. We either, you know, have to like pour ourselves into the suffering, into the injustice, and glue our eyes to the screen and not look away, or we have to ignore it and center pleasure mm-hmm. and but you know we can do these things at the same time like there's a there's a balance we can like have joy and pleasure and comfort in our own lives at the same time as we are are standing up to injustice mm-hmm. <laughs> you like know this the venn diagram again yes. <laughs> kind of like the venn diagram yeah you can yeah. do both yeah yes. Yes. i always um wrap up every interview by asking the same five questions of every human mm-hmm. so Charlie, Claire Burgess, are you ready to play just one thing five times? Let's go. And every single time the music <laughs> is it. different. Um, <laughs> what's one thing that you like about yourself? Ooh, um, I think I'm pretty funny. I, yeah. I, I, I make people laugh and I like that about myself. <laughs> what's one thing that you're proud of? My my book, this old my thing? book, my deck, this my, old thing. Yeah, like I did it. Yeah, you I, did. I did it. I did something really good. And also, in, that's in the like world. that's not just a skinny little like novella. This is a resource, y'all. <laughs> Listen, I pushed that word count as far as I could. They gave me seventy thousand words plus or minus ten percent, and so I gave them seventy-seven thousand words. <laughs> Lord, I think I think I turned in. <laughs> I think I turned in 90,000 words and they said, this is great. And we got to, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's um what's one thing that pisses you off? Big deal, small deal, doesn't oh. matter. The thing that pisses me off the most in the world is hypocrisy. Mm. Hypocrisy, uh, two-facedness, d- disingenuineness, just period. Gemini, always all of always them. have. Yeah. Just kidding. Hey, I'm a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. <laughs> I'm, just kidding, I'm, just kidding. I'm a Gemini moon. That's what am I. That's probably what I mean. Are you? I really am. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe that's why I hate hypocrisy. Um, yeah. Yeah. The health. The, here's. I think it was actually you who like read it on like one of your posts. Like Gemini at its best is non-binary, and at its worst is yeah. divided within itself. It yeah. was like. Yeah. Well, I gotta go yeah. now. Um, <laughs> what's one thing that you're committed to? I mean, I think I think uh, continual self-examination and growth. Um, my conscience, I guess. Yeah, just always trying to listen to that. Always. Always. <laughs> Even when it's uncomfortable. Especially yeah. when it's uncomfortable. One of the affirmations I've had is just like, I interrogate my self-incriminating thoughts even if it brings up a lot of pain. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. What's one thing you'd like to do before you die? Okay, so... um I I do listen to this podcast, so I knew this question was coming. Um, Wait, you listen to my podcast? <laughs> yes. I'm not gonna lie; I, that I, makes I, me I, feel feelings. I I only started listening to it like somewhat recently, once because I I fell off a of podcast for a while, but then we got a dog, mm-hmm. and so I've been listening to podcasts again on on my walks with nice. them. Um, and yes, I've been listening to your podcast, and I've been loving it. Damn, thank you. Um, and I'm, I can't wait to start listening to the Christian nationalism episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I was thinking about this and I was telling my partner, I was like, well, the first thing that jumps into my head is I would love to have a full 24 hours of not feeling anxiety. And he was like, you can do better than that. I mean, like, I like <laughs> listen, miracles <laughs> can happen. <laughs> yeah. But I think that really, um, I would like to maybe write fiction. If I could write a novel in the future. Oh, then, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have been real into like an evangelist for Becky Chambers' work. Mm-hmm. So if you want some cool, very queer, like, and with heavy non-binary representation, yeah. Becky Chambers is good. There's two series I love. The first one is Monk and Robot, which is like, so far, two novellas, and this is non-spawn, everybody, um, but follows a non-binary tea monk on their self-discovery journey of like, I have all the things I want, why do I still desire? <laughs> and then running into a robot who, you know, it w- was wandering around nature and is like, hey, I'm here to see if humans need any help. What can I help you with? And it's just it's like, well, what do you mean when you... It's so good. That's the first one. And the other one uh, All right. is called a, a, long, a Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's a sci It's like, if you like D&D and sci-fi and... I do. Non, like, space love, alien love. It's so good. It's so yes. good. So anyways. I've literally, I've r- literally written these down. And I, I will be going on Libby to see if I yeah. can. Also, the audio, the audio books them. are so good. The performance is spectacular in my book. Okay, so now that I'm done um, plugging Becky Chambers, I want to say, everyone, please go pick up <laughs> a copy of Charlie Claire Burgess' Radical Tarot, 
queer the cards. I'm trying to read it in reverse on the thing. Liberate your practice <laughs> and create your future. I'm just like, that's a hard word in reverse. It's a long subtitle. <laughs> truly, truly, not just like a book about like reading the cards, but understanding ugh, the depth of spirituality and self-discovery you can have from this. This book is everything required reading for anybody who thinks they're a tarot reader. Thank you. <laughs> How can people find you and your shit all over the internet? Um, my uh, website is the word, which tarot.com and I'm on Instagram at the dot word dot, which also threads. I'm not, I mean, I'm nominally on TikTok, but like, I ugh, Same. hate it. Um, I don't hate it. It's just, so. like, I'm just I've, I've lowered my expectations for all social media. I'm just like, I'm just going to have fun. Um, but I'll have all yeah. those links below too. So everyone will be able to find you. Well, this is thank dope. You so thank you for much. doing this with me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. That was my conversation with Charlie Claire Burgess. Follow them across the internet at The Word Witch and at The Word Witch on Instagram and Twitters. If you still do Twitter, that is. And go pick up a copy of Radical Tarot. It is truly an incredible resource. Whether you are old hat at reading the cards or you're brand new to it, get yourself the book Radical Tarot. It's so brilliant. I love it. It's something I'm reading literally as a pleasure book right now. So deep and insightful. Charlie, love you. See you soon. That wraps it for this week. As per usual, I want to give a big shout out to the supporters of this show, the the family over at The Crowded Table. What's The Crowded Table? It's the online spiritual community that I host over on Patreon. And by spiritual community, I mean that it's been a little bit dormant for a while. This past year has kind of been a lot for me and for a lot of people. But going forward, uh, from November pretty much into the new year. We are on fire, girl. I'm going to be doing two two or three workshops between now and the end of the year. And those are all going to be available for my patrons over at patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia. So A, you get access to a Discord. B, you get exclusive merch. C, you get exclusive workshops. D, meditation library. E, early access to all of my projects coming up in the future. And trust me, you're going to want to be a part of those, including live events that are happening all across the country, a retreat that's coming together with my girl Gigi. Like, you don't want to miss out on this. And also, I know that if you're listening this far, you probably love the show. So be a dear and become uh, a supporting partner, a sustaining partner over at patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia. It's as little as seven bucks a month, and it really does make a world of difference for creatives like me who are trying to get our bills paid. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's everything. Go pre-order the new book, What Makes You Bloom. Go pick up the old book, Bad Theology Kills. And follow me across social media at the Kevin Garcia. Leave us a rating of five stars and tell your friends about the show. It really does help. Until next week, people, shake your ass, take your meds, call your person, eat some food, drink some water, and uh, free Palestine. Make sure you're calling your representatives, okay? Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Make sure you're taking care of others. I love you. I love you, love you, love you. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.